Hello, sci-fi and fantasy nerds. This is your bridge host, Josh. I just wanted to take a minute and talk a little bit about this upcoming episode. It is a, It was a very fun episode to record. We really enjoyed recording it and the, especially talking about Rings of Power. It was very exciting. But because of that, we just wanted to give you just a quick little disclaimer about the episode. Once we got in the editing room, we noticed there was a slight echo, sometimes slight, sometimes not so slight echo in my microphone. I have no idea where this came from, why it's there, except to torment me mentally, but long story short, there's a slight echo sometimes when I'm talking. It's not so bad. Once we get talking about Rings of Power, it definitely is a lot uh, less noticeable once we're talking about the main subject. So with that in mind, we want to let you know that if you go about the 22 minute and 23 second mark, and once you get to that mark, then there's still a little bit, but as it goes on, it's not very bad. It's not very noticeable. So anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you for listening and, uh, stay bridgy. Welcome to the Bridge of Two Podcast. Who should go first? For what? Have we started? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did, we didn't say welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Jeremiah, for welcoming us all. Uh, what are we? What are we welcoming them to? Okay, continue. <laughs> what? What are we welcoming them? Welcoming them to the Bridge of Two podcast. No, we got there. It took a bit. And people are just listening. To like, what am I listening to? What is this again? So, so he's talking about. I what am I listening was, to? This fantasy sci-fi. Where they talk about working out. Oh yeah. How's it going, Josh? How's the week been? It's been fine. I'm glad we're here recording this podcast, <laughs> talking about getting ready to talk about. The Rings of Power. Finally. It's it's, it's wild. It's finally here. It's wild that it's here. Oh, spoilers, dude. That it's here? No, that's wild. No. I mean, it's... A, <laughs> oh, yeah, well. it's No, it's wild that, you know, we, we were talking about it way back and just with very little to go on, just talking about what could happen, what could be in the show, what they could cover. I had to go back and listen to that episode, see what we said. I bet you. By we, I mean you. I bet you we do talk about a good bit that's happening in the show. Although I don't know if at the time I knew what they were going to do. They condensed some stuff in the timeline to make more things happen closer together. But mm. I think I may have known that when we recorded that one. Mm. Anyway, um, besides watching those show those episodes, there's been three so far, and uh, really enjoying them. Um, for the most part, I finished the law, uh, the alloy of law. Finally, the book that you <laughs> <laughs> last episode, you had already finished it. Um, great book. Thoughts are my thoughts. I, I am very excited to read more. Um, it was the first Brandon Sanderson book. I think I've read that didn't have a big, 
I don't think it had really like a big cliffhanger about something really big coming. Like it didn't expand the story into some Cosmere level thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Just wait so, till the third book. Okay. Spoilers. But uh, no, I really liked uh, the magic system, the characters. The story was was great. It was a very quick read in this, you know, in the sense that. The time that I did give it to it, I got to through it really quick. I just didn't uh, sit down with it every day. It's just but. it's different from his other stuff too. It doesn't. You're right. It doesn't. It's like one of the first books that I read by him that wasn't like super world altering. Right. I mean, it could be. It. it could be like an episode on on a show. Yes. Uh, like an episode about two lawmen or something along those lines. Uh, you know, I would make a good show, like a good series. Oh yeah, like definitely. even book one could just be one season. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's the that would be the ideal way to do that. If they do Mistborn the first era as movies, then they should definitely do this as a TV show. I concur. I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad you finally that. finished that. So that's got to finish the rest of them by the time uh, the fourth yeah. one comes out. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think if I'm going to read something before I start the next one, but I'm probably going to end up just starting the next one because I'm not picking a book fast enough to read. So That's fair. Uh, and I, do- I want to give myself enough time to finish yeah. the other two. So, But yeah, that was good. Good read. Good to, to tick an- another Brandon Sanderson book off the list, you know. You're getting there. You still need to read Warbreaker, man. Yeah, that, that's such a good one. Yeah, I think that one's much longer than it, this book. It's closer to like Mistborn Era one. Yeah. So I mean, I probably won't start that because I would want I would want to read another smaller book. Mm-hmm. Oh, the League of Legends book dropped. Have you read it yet? No, I'm still trying. I'm still getting through Malazan book two. Oh, right, right, right. I put on reading it afterwards, though. Yeah, yeah. That's my. Ne- that's gonna be my next book. So what I should do is I should start the second Mistborn book and see if you can read the, the finish this Malazan book, read the League of Legends book, and because you're gonna read, you're still rereading the Waxen. Like you're gonna read the mm-hmm. second Waxen mm-hmm. book too, and see if if you can catch up to me or not in the second book, or if I'll beat you we are getting there i gotta i do gotta get on get on the second book here and then we'll let you know listeners if if i win jeremiah's I'll win. super reading abilities i'll win win i shall surpass you <laughs> how about you what's new um not much doing the same old thing still finishing up like i said the second book of malazan um, I think while I was sick, I was reading it, and for some reason, I just I was like a little bit of a lull. And I think it's just because I was sick, yeah, and trying to read this intense book, right? Um, but I'm kind of, and I was kind of in that for like a week or two, and I'm finally getting out of it, and it's I'm bit, you know getting excited again to read read it and uh, finish it up. Just had a chapter that was like just one giant battle. Nice. Um, so it's really good. Good guys win. Um, I still don't know if they're good guys or not. Nice. If that helps. <laughs> I, de- I guess it depends on Definitely which perspective. Fantasy. Depends on what perspective you're looking at. Well, not like uh, a grim dark thing. Okay. It's more of like a you just you're just like without spoil yeah, without spoilers it's kind of like 
if you go off the first book, it's they're basically the bad guys. But the way the chapter's written, the way this book is written, they are you're following main characters that are part of them. Ah. So it's also they're also their, good guys. You see their like their point of view of it. But then there's also something different going on there with where like they might not even be part of I don't know, it's just it's interesting. I'll let you know. <laughs> From my point of view, the Jedi are you. Exactly. Exactly. Um but yeah, once I finish that, I'll be starting the Legend, the the League of Legends book, which I was excited for when it was when I first heard it coming out. Especially after watching Arcane and all that, and wanting to know more about the world of League of Legends. Yeah. Um. So I'll be reading. That's gonna be a short book. That's like three hundred pages, so that'll be a little bit shorter of a read for me. Nice. Um. And then I don't know. From there, I got a couple other options. I could either go to Shadows of Self, or I could. That's the name of the book, right? Yeah. Um. Caleb's let me borrow the first of the. Uh, is it Black Prism? The Black Prism L- books? Lightbringer, right? Oh, Lightbringer. That's right. I think the first book was called Black Prism. Um, so he's let me borrow that, so I'm, I gotta get to that at one point. But then I also noticed, dropped the same day as the League of Legends book, Stephen King released a new book. Oh, yeah. And I'm not a big Stephen King fan at all. I'm not a big fan of the horror. Just never got into his books. They're also super long. Yeah. And they get just super long, and they're not like Brandon Sanderson long, where they're like good. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not paced. Yeah, not to not to like bash Stephen King. He's obviously a very good author. A lot of people like his books. I just never got into him. Um, but this one is like a fairy tale fantasy. It's called fairy tale, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it, it definitely. I heard from the reviews. It definitely seems like it. It kind of gives you that fairy tale feeling. I um, mean, so it's a fantasy. Maybe he's um, seen the light. Maybe he'll come to our side. And it's a little bit shorter of a book too. It's only six hundred pages. So for him, that's actually pretty short. Really? I think so. I think his books are usually pretty long. Huh. Um. So I want to give that a check. I want to check that out as well. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how. We'll see which one I get to first. It might be a trap, though. It might. Trying be. to pull you into the, his back catalog. It might. I won't. I don't like his books. I've tried. I've tried reading some of his books. Oh, okay. And I have not. Like I think I've tried reading The Shining. Dad, I think my dad recommended The Talisman. I think is the name of it, which is his other one of his other fantasy-ish books. Okay. Um, I just had a hard time getting into it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we'll see what what happens there. Uh, other than that, as you saw earlier, I was playing through Arkham City again, playing through the Arkham games. Yeah. I never played at all Arkham Knight, so I'm looking forward to playing that eventually. I think you'll like that one for sure. Yeah. Like it the looks, story is good. It looks good. The gameplay good. looks really good. Arkham City is just phenomenal. Yeah. Asylum was also phenomenal when I, you know. Arkham City, like, pulls together, like, there's so many different uh, comic book, um... Like Batman comic book uh, things that happen in Arkham City. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's not just like it, there is an overarching like villain and story and stuff, but there's so many little stories. You feel like you're playing in. I don't know if you, you tell me if I'm wrong, but you feel like you're playing multiple like episodes within the game. Mm-hmm. You know because you get into you know this certain uh, quest line that you just start following, and it's its own little story. Mm-hmm. You know. It's um, paced very well too, as a lot of that goes, because you're doing the main story, yeah. and then you'll get side quests for like I don't know to go after Zaz or yeah. you help help a uh, Bane out or something or Freeze. So you have these like side stories, but they go with the main story. Where like you know your first section of doing dealing with Zaz, you come to like a kind of like a roadblock, mm. and then once you continue on the story, you'll get go further on. You know, yeah. Um, I just I love the Arkham games are just phenomenal i remember when i first played arkham city i was younger it was actually over the summer and when i first moved here i think to florida 
didn't know anybody. Didn't Arkham Asylum or Arkham City? City. City, okay. I never played I never played any of the Arkham games. And then okay. City was five it was five dollars at GameStop for the game of the year edition. Steal. And I was like and Dad was like, let's just get it. I ended up playing it and was just like, wow, this game is phenomenal. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean, it's that's fun. So have you so have you not played Arkham Asylum? Not at that time. I have now. You have now, okay. I played that a couple not too long ago. It's good. It's definitely. I I like the. the it's Arkham City is so much more open, and the mobility mm-hmm. and this stuff is so, such a step up. But yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, cool. And obviously, in my I'm in like a little comic book phase right now. So yeah, like DC stuff. So um, reading a little bit more of the quarter out those quarter vowels. Yeah. Yes. Um. Really good. Wow. I'm like I was reading last night before I went to bed. And, uh. I was like, wow, this is some, some creepy stuff. It's creepy, but it's yeah. really good. Storytelling is really good. The artwork is in it's really good. Yeah, I would love to see that done. If it done well, but I'd love to see that done in uh on on a movie or something. That's what um Gotham Knight is kinda gearing towards is the court the court of owls are gonna be the not specifically the combo, because obviously Batman's not in Gotham Knights, but the Court of Owls are supposed to be the main bad guys. I'm for it. So that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm hyped for it. That's, I'm that's hyped. that game. I'm gonna be hyped for that game. Like I can tell. Yeah, me too. I'll let you. Yeah, I definitely want to get it and play it. Um, but yeah, so I'm reading that. I'm probably end up reading. I think I want to read Batman Hush next. Yeah, I heard that one's really good. Yeah, because I think that's. I think that Bar- Arkham City has that storyline in it. I think it might or it might have hints to it. I don't remember for certain. But there's a Hush movie. Maybe a different one does. I can't remember. There's a Batman Hush animated movie. Too, okay. that I plan on yeah, watching. I've heard of that. Um, but yeah, other than that, no, same old, same old. Just trying to continue to draw more. I'm not. I'm struggling, yeah. struggling with it right now. But find, trying to find the time, really. Yeah, because I'm working 13 hour days now on right. my regular shift, and I'm picking up a lot of overtime. So, and it's been busy, mm. busy, busy, busy. But otherwise, yeah, that's about it for me. I don't know. Awesome. Just oh, and, and obviously, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, which uh, we'll get to. Maybe would we be remiss if we didn't mention Brandon Sanderson has done it again? I mean, not exactly the same as the secret novels, but uh he dropped another Kickstarter. Yes, he did. Apparently I read I was reading, apparently this has been in the works longer than the secret novels. Really? They just the secret novels, when he revealed it to his team, then they they had already been working on this one, so they just pushed this one a little bit more. Um, but yeah, the minifigures. So yeah, there's uh, Brandon Sanderson's coming out with minifigures for Stormlight uh, characters, which of course it's only a matter of time before he does it with more of the Cosmere characters. But um, it's really really cool. Um, I'm not much of a minifigure guy, and I never never bought any or owned any. Mm-hmm. Although I have debated getting one for like a if I had a D and D character, which I don't. Yeah. Well, I sort of do, but I would maybe get one of that but that being said i feel like i have to get at least some yeah you know i want the giant statue the one with oh, the, the clashing and clashing and storms and, yeah, yeah jeff and, and caladin yeah. that one just oh, it was so expensive it's you know what's, in, what's what's cool about it too is is what they're doing they're actually saying they're they're this is forcing them to do their own concept art and say this is kind of how this is how we like canonically see which i, I appreciate characters as an artist i appreciate that um, i like having i like under knowing what the the writer or the or the person has in mind right you know because there are lots of different interpretations uh in fan art 
things. Some people go darker, lighter, more Japanese looking, less Japanese looking, more Middle Eastern. So it's definitely interesting to see what, um, what they, they're coming up with and see that kind of make its way into the miniatures. So it's kind of cool. Actually, I thought Zeth, when I saw Zeth, I was actually surprised. Um, he, his head, his face just looks more, he looks more tougher than hmm. I almost imagined him. Like, I know he's tough and he's a good fighter. But he was very more almost elvish. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, he that just, kind of aspect. Of yeah. And he's just kind of like socially he's withdrawn and kind of unsure of himself and things like that. So I didn't imagine such a strong face on him, but uh, it's definitely interesting. So. Keep a eye out for those. Kickstarter is going to be running for, I guess, next month 30, or something. Thirty days, I saw. Yeah. So sweet. Anyway, uh, but we'll take a short break and come back with some drinks, and then we will talk. Rings, Rings of, of Power, Power, episode one through three. All right. Buckle up. We are back. Welcome back, everybody. We are back with our good friends, Havoc Mead. Oh, I love it's these been guys. Too long. Sponsor us. um they had came out with a a mead uh couple months ago i think was still maybe i don't know if it's summer yet uh and it is called smoke on the mountain it's got a dragon picture of a dragon near a mountain i'm getting strong uh smog vibes like the hobbit vibes from it smoky mountain too or misty mountain sorry oh yeah yeah no, no, that's good. Misty Mountain. Yeah. Misty Mountain, smoke, Smoky Mountain. Far over the Smoky Mountains cold. You went way too fast compared to All the right. movie, man. It's true. <laughs> I also was way off key. You are. Um, but no one can hit their key. They're dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not, we don't have the dwarvish vocal range. Um, but it is an interesting set of flavors. Do you want to, Jeremiah, do you want to read us the... I'm going to read their summary of it Their first. summary. Okay, hit it. So, Smoke on the Mountain is a mellow cup of tea enhanced by smoky pepper bright hibiscus and juicy lemon brewed with maple infused merquin merquin chili and hibiscus from our friends at runamok maple uh then rounded out with kylon cylon kylon kalen kalen black tea and lemon this unique combination makes an exquisite drinking experience for any palate this meat is the inaugural release from our tea series inspired by our house tea enthusiasts Oh, snap, these. The Havoc T-Series. Love it. Yeah. So, it's kind of like harkens back to the, the Buckland Mead, because that's green tea uh, inspired. This is black tea. Salem black tea, I guess. Um, but it's got like maple. It's got like... Merkwin chili and hibiscus tea mead. This could... this Like the flavors that are in here... It could either be amazing or it's going to be just like, I don't think it'd be awful though. They don't make anything no, that's awful. No, I have very high hope, very high. And uh, it's usually like their flavors are usually a little more mild than what you think they're mm-hmm. going to be. I'm excited for this. This sounds like it's going right. to be really good. Let's try it. I'm going to pour it actually. It smells good. It looks dark. Show you what it looks like. Oh, a nice, like what? Pinkish color. Um, uh, Orange, like a, it's like, like a bright a, red, more like a kinda. blood orange or a blood orange. Yeah, a little bit of blood in the orange. Mm. All right, <laughs> let's try it. Okay. Huh. It's got an interesting aftertaste. 
Yeah, it is very interesting. The the whole like range of flavors that come in. I mean, it's good. I I like it. It is very good. It's not my favorite, um, but it is good. Smoked chili, coriander seeds, cumin, salt. Hmm. Oh, potassium. Meta by sulfate. Sulfite. Got that potassium in there, Josh. Yeah, I, I feel like I get the chili, like this little bit of spice mm-hmm. in the back of throat. Like it's not just the carbonation, it's a little bit of the chili. It's really good. It's definitely not my favorite. Um but I, this is very tasty. Definitely def- definitely tastes a little bit of the tea as well. Yeah. And it definitely got that tea ish flavor. It's not as sweet mm-hmm. as it's- a lot of their other ones. Uh and maybe that's why it's not one of your favorites. Maybe I'm definitely a su- I like the sweet taste. It's got caffeine though. Well, I guess that makes sense because there's black tea in it. Um, I like it though. Actually, it's it's still smooth. It still drinks pretty smooth. Very smooth. Even though it's um, it's not like super sweet or anything. I like it. I like the smoke on the mountain. I like a little smoke on the mountain. Yeah, you know? it's good. I like it. I like it. Definitely interesting. Um, there you go. Another another one bites the dust. Another one from from ha- from Havoc. Or uh, actually, it's Gronfell and Havoc is like their. They do like different themed drinks. So Gronfell is the one that actually does. It's the same pl- people, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They just like brand them differently. Independent woman owned. There you go. They're still women. They make themselves a good mead. <laughs> All right. So that let that be a uh, what? <laughs> you say there's still women? You finally heard? That. <laughs> I heard it and it like didn't register my brain, and I was just like in my mind, I was like, yeah, they are. <laughs> All Dude, right. I'm just happy. Um, yeah, that's so that's a maybe a good segue into a Tolkien adaptation because it's got, got women in Hobbit. <laughs> oh yeah, that. Well, oh oh, you're. T- <laughs> no, because <laughs> of the Hobbit drink. It's like smog. Smog. Um, yeah, so Rings of Power happened. It dropped. It drippity dropped. To a week ago. A little over a week ago at this yeah. point. And we had, I had you over and a few other people. And a little watch party. We ate seed cakes and Oh, yeah, you guys, you guys just went all out with, the, with it, making the... It was a lot of fun. It was a lot. I of was fun. really. I'm really glad, and I. I hope. I think that will be a something I'll remember for a while. We'll definitely do something like that again next big show that comes out. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a lot of fun. Themed stuff. Themed stuff. Yeah, but um, let's just get out of the way. What do you think? <laughs> Mind you, we've watched the first three episodes at this point. Yeah, we watched the first three. It initially dropped two. So. So, yeah, I'm going to give you my initial thoughts after, and then I'll give you my thoughts, my current thoughts, but um, initial thoughts after the f- episode one and two, mm-hmm. um, just very briefly, I'm not going to get into any details and characters and stuff, but I was pretty much hooked right away. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard some criticisms and, and I could maybe agree with them of the prologue um, being a little long. But honestly, I was there for it the whole way. I was not put off by it. And I, I mean, I knew, I know enough of the lore that I was tracking with it. And obviously there was some differences because, and I don't think, I don't think 
people that have uh, people that are writing the show off <clears throat> as being like fan fiction or like not true to Tolkien. The most of the if there are any gripes with the lore, most of it is related to the fact that they don't have the rights to cover stuff from the Silmarillion, which would be the first age. In fact, they're not, they are not really supposed to touch the first age with any detail. Really? That is something the Tolkien estate put on them. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because, uh, I think, I, th- I think it's just because the rights are divided up. Like, there's, there are rights to the Silmarillion and there are rights to, like, mm. so someone might buy the rights to adapt the Silmarillion. So, um, that would be cool. Um, so, um, with that in mind, though, the, the prologue did cover a lot of really cool lore things like the two trees um being the source of light in valinor in the west and how they were um put out by morgoth and and um the wars that the elves fought against morgoth and that they left they left valinor to middle earth and you know there's millennia of of um of war with him um that ended um in his defeat so anyway there's like you know a lot of really good nods to to things that they didn't necessarily do the same way. And then some of it too, I think was because they were trying to, because they're doing a prologue. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of glossing over things a little bit because it's, they're really trying to hit on the things that are most relevant to the main story and especially Galadriel's story, you know, because she's kind of carrying like the elves uh, for the most part, storyline mm-hmm. of where they're, where they're at. In fact, the prologue seamlessly like goes into her point her of part, view. Yeah. Um, pretty much. But, um, so after episode one and two, like, I thought that, I thought that, I, I, I thought that what I saw of all the different locations was really awesome. You know, the, the world building was great. Um, a lot of the, I really liked all the, all the actors mm-hmm. that are playing the characters mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I just really enjoyed the first two episodes. I thought they, I was really, really hooked, really drawn in right away. Um, what about you? Pretty, yeah, pretty much same. And, and so I'm also, I'm coming from the, the back background of like, I know a teensy bit about, you know, Lord of the Rings lore and. And uh, obviously, I've learned quite a bit from you since we've talked about it on here and, and just, you know, in general. Um, but so I'm not as like super well versed in it. So a lot of the lore stuff, like Pete complains about like lore hopping, right? I, I don't have because I don't know it right. as well. Um, that being said, I'm a sucker for lore and yeah. for world building. Um, and so I really like, I, I don't mind. Um, and this is the same with uh, like movie stuff that I don't mind long prologues or you know, I don't like, I don't mind time being taken to, to build stuff up. Yeah. Um, it's never bothered me just cause I'm a sucker for it. Um, same with books. Like I don't mind there being a, you know, a little bit more of a time being taken to, to build things up or to add lore because instead of just going right into action, because I, li- I like that stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a big thing with like Dune. I know a lot of people or like my family, like my wife didn't like Dune very much because there was like not, it was like just seemed like very, slow. very slow. Yeah. It's because they're building a lot. The whole first movie is pretty much building the world. Yeah. Um, so I, and I loved it. I sat there the entire time gripped. And so that's how I felt about this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the initial introduction of explaining the whole like first, you know, like the trees and everything like that. 
Um, I thought it was great. Um, I love the world. Um, you know, I obviously have a few different gripes of different things, which mm. we'll, I'm sure we'll get into. Um, mm. Not a lot. Uh, but yeah, I was hooked pretty much immediately as well. Um, it's nice to have a, what's, you know, at least as of right now, a really good fantasy show. Um, yeah. I was very worried about how Amazon was going to handle it after they kind of butchered the wheel of time. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, but this, yeah, so far this is, feels so different it, from the wheel of time. So different. And I mean, I think a lot of, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly how to explain. It. I mean, obviously it's different. They're different creative people that are working on it, but, um, it's just, it's just interesting. It's but definitely different. The music is really good in this show. The production value is really good in this show. Yeah. I mean, everything yeah. about the, everything about it, at least these first couple episodes have just been. Almost every shot is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like the cinematography is really good. And that's another thing with the prologue. Like you, even if you thought it was long, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, the shots that you, you saw in there, probably one of the coolest, like big, like it was just a few seconds, but one of the, probably one of the coolest, like large scale battle shots I've ever seen, mm-hmm. like fantasy wise. I mean, you have like all these elves fighting all these orcs and then you have like an eagle getting taken out of the sky, crashing into all these, uh, soldiers on the ground by, I don't know if it's a dragon or a fell beast or what it was, but it was like, you know, dragon like thing is like, like the eagles are losing here in this in yeah. that scene. Oh yeah. And uh the elves are are losing and very uh uh very beautiful scene and and that that very um kind of that that scene like a lot of the other stuff in the prologue almost was like a summary kind of scene of a lot of things that happened. That's basically how it went for the elves in the first stage against against yeah. Roth. Was basically like almost every battle was not, a slaughter. not every battle was like a slaughter. You know, like there were times where they were betrayed, times where they were uh, unexpectedly like like Balrogs just burst out of uh, you know they didn't even know what Balrogs were yet, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden more us like let all the Balrogs out. And, Bluey, um, yeah, which that, that would have been cool to see some Balrogs. That would be cool. Maybe uh, maybe, but, maybe we'll still see one. Who knows? I think we will because I awesome. think there was one in the teaser. In the in like the teaser for the show, there was like uh, a Balrog just out of context. That would be awesome. So I have a feeling. But um, seeing Balrog at this production value, oh, I know definitely. Yes, yes. Twenty twenty two Balrog. I'll, I'll take it. I will happily take it. Um. But yeah. So. You know we we we're not haters. We're not here. This is not going to be a you know hour long of us just dismantling the show and talking about how yeah. horrible it is and woke it is. Because I don't think like it is, and, yeah. and even the whole you know woke argument is just like I don't see it yet. Yeah. I mean, maybe it'll pop in. Who knows? But I don't see it. Um, I think that's right. people personally. I think it's people just trying to grasp at things to be angry about. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but it there's definitely a it's so it is very bizarre reading comments and seeing all the little laugh reacts on <laughs> like on Facebook. If you go on any post that's about the show that's like positive, there'll be people like doing laugh reacts at it. And it bothers me so much. There's it's just trolling. They're yeah. so funny though. There's there's on Facebook, it was like a post about it and a post about so, like, someone not liking it or maybe, I don't know, maybe someone's like, I don't know, either way, the comments, all the comments are just butchering the show. Uh-huh. Lone comment. My dad. 
I liked it. That's it. <laughs> I saw that he commented. I didn't read the rest of the comments, but uh, it was just I liked it. I was like, um, oh. but what is? It is so weird. It feels like I'm living in a different like reality. Whenever I'm seeing all these comments, I'm like, are we watching the same show here? Like, yeah, I don't. Know. I just think there's a lot of uh, there's a lens that people are watching it with that, that is already. But yes, so you'll you'll you'll. But this isn't going to be us bashing the show. We both liked it. Um, we have gripes with it. I have certain gripes with it. More story wise, and more of just like, you know, whatever. It's not. We're not going to tell you that it's like the best. It could. It's not the. It's not like if I'm. Not, I don't know if if Tolkien saw this. I don't know that he would love it. You know, because of the things they had to do for certain reasons for television, and just the things that they decided to do. But. um but yeah, so it's not, we're not saying it's a perfect show either. No, you know? no. Um, it hasn't been a perfect anyway. show in a long time. That's true. What was the last perfect show? Avatar oh. The Last Airbender. Clone I don't Wars. know. Okay. <laughs> and Clone Wars is up there. But the first couple, you can't say that was a perfect show because the first right. couple seasons were kind of slow. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so, well, let's, where, where, how should we enter? Arcane. There's Arcane. your last perfect oh, show. Oh, it actually is actually. There's a good, your last perfect Good show. argument there. Good argument there. Could be made. Um, some guys, I think, did a podcast on that recently. A couple guys. Yeah, a couple. Just a couple. Just a couple guys. <laughs> a couple bridgers. Um, where should we, like, start this, though? What do you think? I guess we could start with Galadriel, right? She's, like, the, yeah. she's the main character. Yeah, and obviously how we're going to lay this out, we're not, we don't have the time to go through clip by clip everything that happened in the yeah. three episodes. So we're kind of just going to hit on, try and hit on some points that we think right. you know, we want to hit on. Things that we liked, things that we had issues with. If you're listening... And there's something we don't cover, and you really want to hear our thoughts on it. We are on on Instagram at bridge of bridge underscore of underscore two, and uh, emails bridge of two at gmail dot com. So, do you ever look at the email? I do. Okay. I do actually. We don't get emails. I think so. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send. <laughs> but I'm still gonna send it out there. Yeah, send us. Send me. But yeah, email. no. Send. Send. Yeah. If you have anything you want to hear, let us know. And if we realize we missed something huge, and we can always mention it in another episode. Yeah. You know. But um. So Galadriel, so it starts off with that shot we saw, the Super Bowl teaser. With her, she's climbing that mountain, and she's like, in the far north, she's hunting Sauron, basically. Because Sauron killed her brother, which is book accurate. In fact, the way they worded that left a room. I like how they've done with some of this. They've left room in the way they'll word things. That the, the whatever happened in the book Maybe still be canon in their show. Mm -hmm. Like, um, she said that Fingon was her brother, that he, or not Fingon, was it Finrod? Fingon? I forget what what was his name. One of those two. He. forgot. I know. I'm. The lore master himself? I think it's Fingon. Um, but he went to hunt for Sauron, but Sauron found him first, which Sauron did get him. And you could see like claw marks on her brother. Uh, which is like an homage, I think, to there was like werewolves hmm. uh, that, or I think they're werewolves, or they're just like giant wolves that uh, killed him. Hmm. So that was a cool uh, nod to that. But um, so that's kind of where her character is at. She had this, you get to see in the prologue, this important, she had this important, re- really good relationship with him about, um, you know, how to basically know. Whenever things seem, whenever the, you think you're seeing 
the the right way to go in two different paths how do you know which one is actually good and which one's actually evil you know gave her some important advice and and uh he died so she is out hunting for sauron despite the fact that everyone else believes sauron has been handled yeah he's gone it's what they all believe but she's out with this band of people yeah um i like this this setup scenario situation um because i know a lot of people have kind of brought up and i see what they're coming from if they they say that Galadriel's kind of right now has no fault. It seems like, mm-hmm. or not that she has no fault, so that it's going to end up where she has like no character development as far as like being able to come past, come grow or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, well, but or I, if she's a per- like if she's if she is this perfect athlete, she's wise and she's right about everything. Then there's going to be no growth, there. right? Then- that being said, though. I think that, and I think that this, I hope this is what they're doing to set it up, is, as you see in this first little section, she may be right that Sauron is still around, is still right. doing the thing. But that being said, she treats her underlings like crap. Yeah. And she doesn't really care for their lives. She's so hell-bent on getting him. Yeah. Um, and she's very arrogant about it. Yeah. Um, and I see those all as character flaws. Um, I, th- I do, too. And so, I yeah. can, and, you know, and I hope that they did that on purpose so that they can set up that she'll hopefully grow past some of those character flaws and i get you know the right. elves in lord of the rings have always been snobbish and arrogant mm-hmm. it's just always how they've been well except her, for Legolas. Legolas her race um like they don't really get they have they've talked they've maybe made like one or two brief mentions you know she's of a of a of a bloodline of elves called the noldor that have a very checkered history um, but they're known for being very fiery uh, mm-hmm. the, in their spirit. So her being a little more headstrong and a little more uh, it is not a bad thing. I, it, it, it does feel a little over the top to me at times. And yes. It, it does make it feel like that's all her character is in those first two episodes is just, um, you know, it doesn't matter what her friend says, her king her men you know it's just and my pain yeah and like i don't mind yeah. i like that because once again yeah. i see the character flaw i as right. long as they do something with it if right. nothing comes from it where she just continues to stay that way for you know the entire time i might be a little i might have a little issue with it because yeah. it's like well you know why so she's just like this and she just gets away with it because she's right right you know i don't think that's right you know i don't I, know Galadriel I mean, in the lore though i don't know how she's supposed to be portrayed on how she's supposed to be i get that she's supposed to be fiery but you know hopefully there's some character growth yeah. there yeah, it's tough too because the most fleshed out stuff we get from her, you know, in the Lord is in the Lord of the Rings, and she's like Pete Galadriel. She's much older. Mm-hmm. She has a ring of power. She's a queen too. So it's like she's not having to, and she's a member of the White Council. Mm-hmm. She's leading the charge. So it's not like she needs to beg anyone to listen to her. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't have that that frustration uh, that this Galadriel has. But. Um, I agree that if this is a flaw, and I think it is, especially even like just her men at the beginning, the way they're portraying her men, mm-hmm. they're not portraying her men as, as, um, as faithless, as unreasonable, uh-huh. as disobeying orders they shouldn't be obeying. They're portraying her as the one who is outside her scope. Yes. And they're trying to obey it and they're, you know, they, the fact that she's overwhelmingly basically mutinied, like everyone puts their sword down in she, u- in Elvish unison. Yes, she is. So she is over. She she is not being a good leader. Yeah, and in I, these, in this I first think bit. that was. I think we should. Everyone should have gotten that. I don't think that was something that was an accidental thing. I don't think so either. That they portrayed. Yeah, I definitely don't think so either. Um, so, 
the question is, you know, exactly what, how is she going to learn that lesson? You know, how is she, is it going to be through a big mistake or not? Because you remember, um, the King, so you have the high King when she, when, when they, that whole scene plays out, um, she, they find a little clue. She finds like a symbol that was left by Sauron that she thinks it's like a trail for orcs to follow. And, um, but then they, they mutiny her. So she ends up going back to, which they don't like violently mutiny. They just basically say, we're not obeying these orders to go further. We're going back anymore. We're going back. Um, so she go, comes back too and sees the king. And we can talk, you know, more about that. But later on, after she is going to be sent, uh, like as a reward, but kind of as a retirement, like we need to retire her because. She's kind of causing problems, maybe. She's not or she following might. orders, or she's not. You know, yeah, she's she's leading her men to disaster. So she's going to get to go on a ship to the west, into the west, to Valinor, and the king Gilgalad says she could have caused the very thing she was trying to stop. Mm-hmm. Like they said, we foresaw that she may could have done that, and that could be a little hint. <laughs> that could be a little hint of what her, is going to happen with her character. That there may be something. That happens, ne- like r- something really bad might happen that's maybe wrapped up in who we see her as at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she'll be that way right up until the point that she realizes her mistake, or if it's a thing where she might start to turn, her character might start to turn, but she's already somehow set off some chain of events, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I think that's a hint of, of that there might be something like that, that, that uh, which would make sense. Uh, you know, if that's a flaw, we should see it cost something. Yes, you know, I agree. It cost something, and then growth from it. Yeah, um, which I hope so. I hope to see as the show goes on, and I think we will. I do. Yeah. I do think we will. I don't think it was just thrown in there. I think it was done intentionally. I think that whole scene was intentional. Yeah. What do you think overall of her character portrayal and all that? Um, I don't know much about Gladriel than what she's in the movies. Yeah. So I don't know if she's being portrayed faithfully to the lore. Yeah. I like her character. The actor is really, I, I think is perfect actor for her. Yeah. Um, I find her character a little annoying at right. times, especially in the third episode with the Numenorians. Yeah. Um, she was annoying me. And I remember sitting like, why she's just, cause she's being a, a stuck up little priss. Yeah. Um, and those characters always annoy me in shows, but I also think that's just her character. And once right. again, I think it's something that she's going to end up growing from and growing out of to yeah. an extent. You know, she's still going to be a little, you know, she's Gladriel. Well, she does. We can, we can get to, we can, t- I, I, I definitely want to talk about the Numenorians and all, and how they've done that. Yes. Done with them. Yes. But, um, I do think that was a little bit of her, maybe her character starting to turn a little bit because her interaction with Elendil sort of seemed to soften her a little bit. Yes, I did notice that. Um, and the way he just kind of treated her almost like a father, which is interesting because she's an elf and she's mm-hmm. a lot older than him. Mm-hmm. But, um, but he anyway, looks older and that's what's important. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, just seemed to kind of disarm her a little bit. And uh, so that maybe uh, we may be seeing her character soften a little bit. And um, I, we'll and see. I do get to her reaction to, I think she felt threatened. A little bit from the well, she's Orient. in a place. I mean, this is where uh, this is a completely book accurate thing. Uh, just to say that that there is there is at this at this point in Numenor's history uh, in episode three, 
um, which we'll come back to some of the other stuff. But in episode three, we see Numenor, and at this point in Numenor's history, uh, this island kingdom off the west coast of Middle Earth, they at one time were very friendly to elves. Elves came and gave them all sorts of knowledge of lore and things, and that's part of the reason it's such a beautiful uh, country. That's where that, that white tree actually comes from. It mm-hmm. comes from an elven mm-hmm. island that's near the Undying Lands. They brought like a sapling and gave it to him as a gift. So that's a symbol of of like friendship uh, between them and the elves. And um, but in the in this most current history, the the kings of men over the last few generations have uh, of the men of Numenor have become a very spiteful and angry and not liking the elves and not wanting to use elvish uh, language or elvish just names leave it to humans because and it's a, and it's and it's they're they're it's pure it is uh, like a racist thing yeah uh and so the show does portray it that way calling her an elf and treating people that are uh nice been nice to her as as if they're doing something wrong and that is c- completely a book accurate thing um you know so yeah, so like you said, she she's in a place, she's in hostile territory. Yeah. So she is a little bit. So I do, I, yeah, I give she's it a proud. Bit, yeah, I give it a little bit, give that, know, but, give that bit a little bit of grace. It just, I just remember thinking like, oh, this is just, uh, why is she, she's just making it harder for herself, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, but I like, but <laughs> I want to talk about Elrond. Let's do it. We didn't get to see him in episode three. No. Frown. But <laughs> I really like this actor's portrayal of Elrond. I know he doesn't look like Hugo Weaving at all. Yes. So that like, I know throws that can throw you off a little bit and his hair's short and all that, but he's got this interesting um, complexity to him mm-hmm. where he's, he is a politician. He's a leader. Um, and, and yet he is like I feel like there's a genuineness to him, mm-hmm. but there's also a sense of of this tension between between like uh, what he's supposed to be doing as a politician and when he's with friends, you know, balancing that. And he actually says it at one point in the episode, like it's hard to know, you know how how do you or uh, I forget what he says exactly. He's talking to Gil Galad about how it's difficult when they're your friends to do what you're supposed to do as a politician. Yeah. And um, because he talks to Galadriel, when she comes back, she wants to see the High King, and he's, you know, um, trying to talk to her about her exploits. And, no, tell me about your journey and stuff to try to like stall her or whatever. Um, and she sees right through it, but at the same time, he calls her out mm-hmm. in a very, I think, another kind of nod to the fact that there's a flaw with her. He calls her out and says that. You know, it's not the people that didn't obey your orders. It's not them that they, they were obeying their king. You were the one disobeying. You were the one that, you know, put them in jeopardy and all yeah. these things. So I liked his character. I liked that he stood his ground with her when she, cause she's, she pushes back on everyone yes, so hard. She really is. And she's just so right about everything. And he just doesn't let up on her and really says, you know, if if you put up your sword, you'll still be what you've always been, my friend. Yes, you know it has a little emotion in his voice, and I and I like this too, too, because it kind of like the way they're do treating his his and Gladys' relationship. It's kind of pointing you forward to their relationship in Lord of the Rings, mm. 
because they are very much a, a very important, um, uh, two important uh, realms. Mm-hmm. Lothlorien and Rivendell are just like super important, and they work together and coordinate and and everything. So it's just cool to see them together in this like younger stage uh, of their development. And Elrond's not a lord yet, so he can't go to the council meeting. He's gonna have oh. the council. Of, he's gonna have the most important council in all of like the history of Middle Earth. And he can't even go to this but one. At this later on, but at this point, he's not like a high ranking. Oh, that's enough. funny. So that's like kind of a, a funny little nod that they did. Um, you know, so I, I I just like Elrond a lot. And then you see what what do you what do you think? Well, of, I, I also uh, liked Elrond. I was a little, a little hard to get to used to the to the different. Uh, st- look of him. Yeah. Because um, obviously I've been, you know, watching Lord of the Rings the movies and everything like that. But his portrayal of the character I really liked. I liked Elrond as a character. Um, what I like a lot about him is he seems, kind of like you were hitting at with, with Gladwell, he seems like a very faithful friend. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a politician. He's, you know, working his way up and trying to, to do what he can. But he he's, is a faithful friend. And he is doing what he thinks is right for Gladriel, you know. Yeah. Saying like, you know, and, and being firm with her on things. And you also see his... uh his faithfulness as a friend later on in the, in the next episode, I think Yeah, when he meets up with, uh, Durin. Is it Durin. Yeah. When he meets up with Durin and you learn about this and that's also a very, I liked what they did with that, with the whole, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I liked, I liked his betrayal. Like the way they go about it. I'm, I'm obviously going to get used to the, you know, him be looking a little different, you know, yeah. it just was a little, at first a little shock because I'm just so used to that Elrond, you know? Yeah. And so that's to be expected when, a different actor is being, you know, playing. Right. It takes, it takes, you kind of have to, you got to watch them in the role for a little while and then it kind of settles in your mind. And I can't wait to see him in the next, I'm assuming he'll be in the next episode. Um, they, the first two episodes, they jump around a lot because they introduce basically every single place you're going to see. Yes. Which was a little bit jarring. jarring at times. And, and, you know, you didn't really necessarily get to stick with too many characters for very long. And then in episode three, they cut down a little bit of that. So you, you, you have really? like th- jump between two, three, they jump between three, but three. they didn't go to Elrond anymore. Uh, I guess that's the main one. They didn't go to like Elrond or the dwarves or we didn't see the humans, the, 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 the woman and the, her son. Oh yes. Yes. So, so really it was those two. It was like Elrond's storyline and the, the son and the, and the woman. Um, while we're on, while we're just on Elrond, I'm just going to say, so Celebrimbor mm-hmm. is a really one of the things about you know seeing this show makes me so giddy is like the stuff they're covering is stuff I've read mm-hmm. for years that I never thought I'd see in a show, um, and I never could have imagined like I don't know if I want them to do it in a show because I don't know if they do it justice, but like Celebrimbor is this really important elf in the history of Middle Earth because. As you see in like the first episodes, I think it is, or maybe it's the second. He's working on this big important project. He need, he's gonna he's planning to build this forge that can burn f- hotter than a than a the fire of a dragon mm-hmm. and all these things. What could he possibly be wanting to forge in? Oh, the, I, hmm, I wonder. I wonder. So he's going to be very important in the overall like arc of the show of the story of the title, the Rings, the Rings of, of Power. power. Um, he has the hammer just sitting there, just casually sitting in his office, the hammer that forged the Silmarils. 
uh, Fanor's hammer. Just like, yeah, that's Fanor's hammer. Uh, the Silmarils are, are the thing that, um, the Morgoth, like, uh, he, he killed the trees and then this elf Fanor was able to salvage enough of the light and, and forge them into capture them in these, these, these orbs called Silmarils. Mm. And they were so beautiful that, um, Morgoth came and stole them after like Morgoth had kind of apologized for killing the two trees. Oh, Morgoth. He had slightly apologized and he'd been like in prison for a while. And then they let him out cause he, he was pretending to be sad. And then he was like, it's Silmaril time. And he went like, like that's what got, <laughs> it's Morphin time. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Mor- got Morgoth de- like back on the road to, uh, dark Lord was like, Dark <laughs> was coveting the Silmarils. Huh. So that's like a huge thing in the, the lore of the first age. Mm-hmm. The Silmarils, it's all about the Silmarils. That's why it's called the Silmarillion. Yeah. Um, so that was just like a very casual, like huge nod to some awesome lore. And, um, you know, you also, Celebrimbor, you get, he's him saying things like true creation requires sacrifice. You know, these very, kind of ominous thoughts that you know for this guy to have in his mind you know knowing where it's going to lead that he may be open to a little bit of um of deceit Mm -hmm. you know in the in the pursuit but at the same time what he's trying to do is put beauty into the world Mm -hmm. to heal it um which i think is an interesting thing they're touching on too um it's kind of cool uh but uh so that's where their story leads into the dwarves well real Um, quick too uh, yeah this is um me not knowing the lore at all of Lord of the Rings, I didn't realize, and correct me if I'm wrong, but so Sauron assists Calabrimbor in making the rings? Yeah. So he comes to them, I'm assuming as an elf, and elves makes the ring. Do you think we've seen Sauron? I don't know, and that's something we should definitely talk about. Because uh, I feel like they're he- they're they're trying to... I feel like they're trying to... Give us hints, mm-hmm. but I think that it's all misdirection. I do, I do too. I will. Say I that. don't think we've seen Sauron yet, but I, there are some good theories out there that it, there could it could be some of the other characters. Because I was, I didn't, because I was sitting there thinking when we first watched it, like when is you know how is Sauron going to come up? When is he going to come up? Right. I didn't realize that he helped make the sam- the 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 rings of power. Yeah, like that didn't occur to me. I think until I was watching Samson's podcast and they th- they brought it up. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So that means he's going to come up. And the book says, I think, that he appeared in a fair appearance, so I don't know if it's actually that he appeared as an elf. elf or a- he appeared to the elves first, though, so you would expect that elf. he would have been looking more like an elf. But so so he'll come up in a big... At some point, he's going to... Yeah, at some point, if somebody starts whispering, you know giving what, them, like, drawings of rings... Um, that's true. You know <laughs> what else flag. has made me super excited for this show that I, for some reason, just didn't occur to me? I think it's just because of how shows have been recently. But then it occurred to me, this isn't just a one season show. Right. Like, right. It's not just like a. a I'm sitting here like, how are they going to fit all this in in no. one season? It's like, oh no, they could keep going. <laughs> no, they, 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 the plan is for a 50 hour show. So like five, five seasons, seasons, probably. Man. Um, that's, so that, that makes me, that brings me, that just makes me so more excited to, yeah. to see what's going to happen. Cause well, I didn't really, well, for some yeah. reason, I think it's cause like, well, Obi-Wan was a standalone. Right. It's supposed to be one season, you know, different shows Lo- recently have been one season, Loki, you know? So it was just, that's just been on my mind. So when I finally realized, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like we could not even be touching the surface with this first season. Right. Yeah. They're setting up like plot beats 
that are going to pay off in the last like, that's season. That's awesome. Like, I am, that makes me so excited yeah. for the rest of this show. And that's one thing that's really, I think, the ben- this show has a lot, this show has, that's a really strong thing for this show because they know that they have five seasons to, to develop things. And so they know exactly how to pace it out. And, um, so I just think, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it's going to be great, really, but, um, we'll just, we'll just keep watching. But. Um, but yeah, so yeah, like you said, this, this leads us into the dwarves. Um, Calibrimbor and Elrond are going to, uh, Elrond basically says, cause, cause Calibrimbor is trying to, they're trying to build the tower, right? With the forge. Yeah, like some kind of tower that would have the forge at the base. And then so Elrond like says, I, Basically, I know someone. Let's yeah. let's get the help of the dwarves. You know, exactly. I have a friend in the dwarves, mm. and so they go and and uh, you know to cut a you know, long story short, Elrond doesn't get the welcome that he was expecting from nope. his his friend. He he mentions that you know Durin's my friend. We're gonna get this super warm welcome. And, yeah, um, but they don't. Nope. Um, they have a great. I love the portrayal of the dwarves in this because we don't see the we see dwarves, but we don't see the dwarves. Very much in Lord of the Rings, like either the Hobbit or the Lord you don't of the see movies. the culture really. Mm-hmm. You just see like like random dwarves out in the world, you know, because um, they're because because by the point Lord of the Rings happens, they're pretty much homeless. Yeah, you know, they don't have. A, so this is but this is like Casa Doom at its height. You yeah. Know? So you have you know see so you, you finally see you see all these dwarves you see the the the, the Casa Doom. Um, and I just I love the section where they just they're they're having their little battle off, and the battle off is just they're breaking rocks. rocks. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know why, but I thought that they were going to be drinking, like, mead. Because most people yeah, are, like, you like know. Drinking game, yeah. But no, they're just, they're just breaking rocks. Gimli. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just, I love it. And seeing all the dwarves cheering on for, for Durin, and um, I love the, the, creature design, concept design uh-huh. of the dwarves. The way they look. Yeah. Um, they feel like dwarves. I feel, uh, some... I have this issue with a lot. I even felt like this with the Lord of the Rings, mm. um, specifically with the Hobbits. But some creatures in movies and fantasy movies, they have a hard time feeling like they are what they are. Yeah. So Lord of the Rings, yes, Frodo and them were hobbits and they were smaller. But I had a hard time seeing them as hobbits right. or half wings or whatever. They didn't seem like different creatures. They, they just seemed like humans. And then when human you put them next to Gandalf, they're short. Right. Um, I this they felt like dwarves in this show. These yeah. these Durin and all of them, they felt like very stocky, very. Mm-hmm loud boisterous breaking rocks you know yeah. so they felt like dwarves to me and it was just as such such a I, the one thing too like that i like about the show is how distinct all these different like you, you're with the you spend all this time with the elves and all their like smooth talking and they're so proper and everything and then you all of a sudden you just step into another world mm-hmm. whenever you're with the dwarves it's just completely different culture they don't it doesn't matter they don't care mm-hmm the elves are like what the elves think should happen this is cause of doom and we're doing our own thing you're gonna be banished yep if you can't break more rocks than me yep i love and, that that's the um, that's the break more rocks than me you can stay but if not you're banished and i like too that they showed alron you know uh he was breaking rocks for a while i mean he broke his hammer they had to give him another one. they had to give him another one and you can see too whenever he does finally yield that durin like Durin like uh, has this look of uh, relief that mm-hmm. <laughs> he yielded. Like so, he was probably getting maybe a little tired too. Um, but yeah, so that 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 seems great. And then Elrond uh, politics his way. Politics his way, but I also feel like there's, and this is what I was kind of you know 
hinted at earlier, we'll talk about now is, 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 um, that faithful friendship mm-hmm. aspect. Well, he, he does kind of politic his way and he's just like, you know, you know, just well, at least walk with me and, you know, yeah. all this stuff. Um, at least let me apologize to yes. your, to your, and, you know, initially, and I do feel initially oh, it's wow. him just trying to get what he wants. Yeah. He's an elephant in that, but as it progresses and maybe I'm, I could be very wrong, but I see it more as, as a, as a him realizing like, Oh man, because you start realizing like, okay, why is Duran mad at Elrond? Yeah. And you realize, you know, he says 20 years. I haven't seen you in 20 years mm. to elves. That's nothing. Yeah. To dwarves. That's something to humans. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, but to do- even to dwarves, that's a lot, you know, he missed him getting married and having kids and everything like that. So that's right. what he's heard about. He's like, we're not friends because you haven't come visit me in 20 years. Yeah. It's such an interesting point to hit in a show like this mm-hmm. because it's just like, you know, one thinks about that, you know, to 20 years to an elf is nothing there. He's like 20 years. Well, yeah, whatever. I see. I'm right. here now, you know, 20 years is like a speck, you know, but to, to, so, yeah, to other like people a day or to a week or something to other people, that means a lot. You know, and, to, and then I think Elrond realizes that. I think Elrond has that that come to to Jesus moment. Of like, wow, mm. you know, it may be nothing to me, but you know, especially when he meets his wife, and I love right. his wife. It's hilarious. I thought they made her seem like she's gonna be like some crazy, like in the the posters. Like, was she on one of the posters? She's gonna be like some queen or whatever. Yeah, and it's just like she's just hilarious. Yeah, she's, just, <laughs> she's uh, great. <laughs> yeah, she's just uh, very uh, loving wife, and I mean, sounds like she's got a cool job. Singing to the stones. That um, awesome. That's that'll be interesting to actually see that when that happens. But um, the I think also you know part of it too. He sees the the tree he gave mm-hmm. he gave Durin this tree, and she tells him that uh, everyone's no one said it would grow down here, but he's tended it as if it was a third child. And um, Elrond has just this super moving little. Turn a, turn a statement he says about that 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 the the, the those trees um, grow where where love like is strong mm. and so how could it not grow in a home like yours mm. you know and just like, just so you could see it just melt the the uh, princess Disa whenever he yeah, says uh, that uh, and it melted me too actually oh, I was like Elrond you're so sweet you know but um, even though. It does benefit him, his goals, you know, the, this whole thing, how it all plays out. It benefits his goals. At the same time, it does feel like he was genuine. But I do think that's the tension, too. That's the tension is like, you know, he he has something he needs to do. And yet, he does care for his friend. And he, he does want to su- uh, be supportive and and everything. And, well, and, it- and I think he does see that there is, this, th- th- there is something... Uh, he has he needs to appreciate about mm-hmm. you know t- how, how time passes and know? it really you know that scene with the whole him being so gen- it seems like he's being genuine with all this he kind of at least to me it kind of sh- like it points to uh Elrond in the future in the later movies where he is kind of you know he's kind of the other races yeah absolutely you know he holds a council of all of them and like even to the hobbits you know he's very kind to Frodo I think in the last movie or the one of them you like I, I just I get a scene I can't remember who with but he's like putting his hand on the shoulder and like mm. you know yeah. He seems to be happy that they're there and they're alive, you know? Yes. It's yeah. just like stuff like that. Like, it seems like, you know, this is Elrond also growing and realizing, like, there are more to this world than just elves. Yeah. Than just our timeline. Yeah. Just our lives. Well, it's important. It is important, like you said, to the, like, future story that he be a character that uh, can appreciate the value and, uh, hum- uh, 
I don't know if humanity is the right word, but the, you know what humanity. I mean? Humanity of every race, you even, know, he sees that. It's know? even a good nod to, to in the future in the Hobbit movies where Thorin and them come and yep. he welcomes them with open arms. You're welcome here. Yep. And Which he shows like yeah. he has a relationship with dwarves. He knows he's not, yeah. he's not like other elves who probably would throw him away. Like, like, a Legolas's family. I can't remember where they're from. Um, Mirkwood. Yeah. Mirkwood, where they just are so hostile to dwarves where Elrond's like, you're welcome. Come on in, you yeah. know? And I think this is, this is really showing that, you know, he's, he is very friendly with the, the other races and, yeah. and learning to appreciate them. I think they call in the Hobbit, they call Riven, they call Rivendell the, the name of it, like a, like a nickname for it was the last homely house. Mm. And so there is this idea of, of Rivendell being known for its, um, hospitality, mm. you know? Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, definitely a fan of the dwarves, and I hope we continue to see more Durin. Yeah, me too. Love Durin as a character. There's a little um, teaser there at the end of that uh, episode, episode two, with Durin that they've made as if they've made some discovery or they have something that his father. He's still, he's not the king yet. His father is like, do you think it's any coincidence that he just showed up just now? And, uh, which I do think it is, but yes. there's something they've just found. I think it's Mithril, probably. It wouldn't surprise me. Because that's just what seems like the most important thing. That, that, that's like the thing that they're mining for mm. when they find the Balrog. Mm. If they go too deep. Oh, that's another thing, too. Disa, she talks about singing, how they sing to the stones and they get these vibrations back that kind of tell them where to dig and where to where to leave untouched. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a, a kind of a super big nod to the fact that there is a part of Kaza Doom that they should leave untouched and maybe for some reason they're going to ignore that. And in pursuit of, that's what happens. Gandalf said that they are Saruman in Lord of the Rings says that the dwarves delve too greedily and too deep. So uh, there's a Balrog down there waiting for him. <laughs> I love it. But um, yeah. So uh, we really got two. Who two else we kind got? Of, two two kind of points I want to hit, or two people okay. I want to hit at least. You know, or really the last two main ones. Um, talk. What's his name? El Elrondir. Arondir. Arondir. Yes. I, I, with so you got Arondir, and then there's like some humans there in the Southlands. So I'll say so far in the in the show, these three episodes, he is my favorite character. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I really like his character. I like seeing an elf who has fallen in love with a human. Um, I like seeing someone who is seems to be a little bit more uh, not as arrogant as most elves come off in Lord of the Rings and then this world. Um, but I like he's just a cool character i think he's super cool yeah um i like that he's just he's quiet Mm -hmm. but he's not condescending like he's quiet and he's thoughtful yes uh and 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 a little bit aloof not in the in a bad way but in just a way that i think of just understanding the ways of humans Mm -hmm. you know um he's almost like a ranger yeah kind of just you know, Roman protecting. I don't know if they mention it, but they are. I think the elves that are down there are the elves called Sylvan elves, which are like the elves in Mirkwood, where they are have more of a connection with uh, the trees, mm. and um, they are a little bit lower. They're like 
not high elves. Like they're low, little, low status elves. Lower status. And, uh, I mean, they're over here on the far side of Middle Earth, so they must be lower status. But, but uh, uh, he's more of like an everyman elf. You know, he's mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the little guy's elf. You know? Oh, yeah. So far, he's my favorite. I like him. I like where his story's kind of going. And I'm curious to know what's going to happen with him. Yeah. Um, I too. like his relationship with the human. I don't know. It's always nice to see the inner, inner fantasy races mixing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it gives an opportunity to, I mean, like they actually reference, uh, which, which could, could be a, could be foreshadowing because, um, they, they make a reference, his, his friend that like sees that it's like, how is the, how is the well? Did you draw water? You know, mm-hmm. um, because he's picked up that he keeps going to see this healer woman mm. and, uh, you know, talk to her. And he doesn't approve. And he basically warns him. He's like, do you, you know that the, like the two other times this happened, the only two times that uh, a man and well elf were joined ended in tragedy, mm. which is completely true to the lore. Um, and, and then it, thankfully it doesn't have, that doesn't happen with Eric and Arwen. They kind of <laughs> redeem that, that, uh, that trope. But Aragorn's yeah, uh, Numenorean. I mean, I guess it always ends in tragedy for the one that's the the, the immortal because they give up their mortality. God, immortality sounds awful. Yeah, apparently it is because a lot of because the elves uh, the fall in love give it up. Except the only time love is stronger. Um, and the only there was one time uh, to an elf and a man joined, and the the man chose to be uh, an elf. You can do that. It was a very special circumstances. It was uh, actually Elrond's dad. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's a. Do you remember the Hobbits? There's a little uh, Easter egg statement by Sadok, the uh, old Hobbit that like looks at the stars. Mm-hmm. He says that uh, he's never heard of someone falling from a star, but he's heard of someone being turned into a star. Is that a? That's Elrond's dad. Oh, that's cool. You'll have to tell me more about that later on. Yeah, absolutely. But um. um so, where is I going with that? <laughs> I don't know, but either way, Arondir, um, his his storyline is cool because he's definitely right now in the thick of it. You yeah. know, he, so he's protecting this town, or he's kind of like you know being a strider, protecting different towns. Yeah, kind of seems to fall in love with this this woman. She has a son. Um, really curious to see what they're gonna do with the son. We didn't see them all this third episode, but he found what seems like a like a Morgul blade or whatever they're calling. Yeah, some kind of blade. It's got a mark of Sauron on it, and like his blood touches it, and it's and it's it's it looks kind of like it's just the hilt of a blade. Mm-hmm. But whenever his blood touches it, it starts rebuilding itself. And so maybe yeah. this is our first ring wraith. Maybe um, that, that's something I want. I'm definitely looking out for something along those lines. I don't know. I, I we don't have much there yet, but I'm super curious to see where that goes. Um, yeah, but. I guess when it, so they're initially the elves, the elves and the, the ranger elves are initially going to be leaving. They're being recalled. They to, just got to go home. Yeah, they had to go home. And uh, Arondir goes back out one last time to talk to her and everything like that. And they start finding what was it? Well, there was like a guy who had a sick cow. Oh yes, and he said that where she had been eating was like over east and they go and find this town that looks like it's been leveled yes like it's it's uh, there's fire and there's everyone's gone there's no one in the town but then like build like part some of the buildings are like 
tipped over and things. I mean, it's like, what what happened here? You know, it's crazy. And mind you, this area um, that we're in, in, in Middle Earth, is the Southlands, which Southlands. You know, Mordor. A.K.A. pre-Mordor. Um, so. Yeah, they end up finding this tunnel system, this whole tunnel system. He basically tells the woman to go back home, and he's going to follow it. Um, And he follows it, he does. And he gets chased, and that's a terrifying scene. Yeah. Uh, I don't I'm very claustrophobic and I don't like scenes like that. Um, <laughs> Looked like a lot of hands grabbing him in the dark there. Yes. And then he gets, he gets captured by orcs. Yeah. Um, turn to come to find out. looks like the rest of his troop is captured as well. Yes. I was surprised to see that. Yes. Um, I almost want, I mean, do you think that he said they were probably out looking for him? Do you think that they got captured because they were looking for him? Cause it's very possible. That would be some heavy guilt. Yeah. Um, because, um, you know what? One thing I like about that, though, that scene, this whole, whole that whole story with them in episode three, the way they portray the orcs, like they really emphasize how the orcs really can't deal with the sunlight. You know, they they're wearing like stuff over their heads. They're arguing over who's got do who's going to actually throw him out with the other prisoners. Like who's going to mm-hmm. chain him up and throw him out there? One of them, one of the orcs, is like, "I did it yesterday." You know, hmm. they don't want to go out in the sun. Um, the orcs look exquisite, by the way. Yes, they look creature design terrifying. On point. There's a just an awesome little little like prison break subplot thing that they try they cook up, and I loved it so much because one thing I one one of my gripes with that troll fight scene at the beginning of the show was we only got to see Galadriel fighting really like a cool elf fights, Um, not the rest of her team. But here we see what. Elves working together can do with no weapons. Oh yeah, and it was just chains. Really cool. This um, yeah, this fight scene was one of the cooler ones I've seen in a while. Actually, yeah, um, very well, very well done. It was so cool to see elves be just badass. Yeah, <laughs> just I mean, that's, that's what it. That's what it is. Um, using the chains and just working, like I said, working together. Yeah. Um, you know what else I really liked about it? They but. didn't make it. <laughs> um, yeah. It shows that the enemy is, is actually, is actually knows what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. There's what also shows that people are going to, they can die. Yeah. Cause we had that first scene with Galadriel. None of her troop died during that Somehow. scene. Somehow yeah. none of them died. I don't know how, but none of them died. Um, they all die here except for our Yeah. Which was, it was heartbreaking too. Because oh, absolutely. They, they, because you see like their, They've been, I mean, they've been there serving together for decades Mm -hmm. and they were just about to go home. And, uh, I, I just love too. like one thing that they did, you know, there was this tree in the way and they're like, it's slowing us down and, and they're like, cut it down and, and, and that they're Sylvan elves and Tolkien too loved trees. Um, so this is a very like not hippie, not like bad liberal hippie thing, um, that they're doing here by showing them say that, no, this tree has been here. It's earned its right to be here. We'll dig around it. Mm-hmm. And like there, I mean, he was willing to, and I mean, he did lose a man over, over that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, and then around here, actually, when he gets his, uh, his, his peak, you see that there is no tree line. They have just completely. Yeah, he, said, he was initially saying, "Go run for the tree line." You know, we if we yeah. get our first chance, go run for the tree line. Yeah, and there is there really wasn't one. No, so they didn't have a good shot. But um, 
So that's kind of where we're left off with them right now. Yeah, he gets pulled back down. And Everyone that he was with is dead. And well, th- that's one th- one thing too, though. That's interesting about that. There's a character called Adar that apparently is controlling or like is the one who these orcs are serving. Oh, yes, and-, and Adar is like an elvish, the elvish word for father. And so they're like, why is this? Why are these orcs serving someone with an elvish name? And you see this glimpse of him too, and it kind of looks like an elf. It does. I was um, so curious as to who that is or what that's going to be. Right. And I, it, the blurry vision that we got, I mean, he looked like, like is he didn't look like an orc. Is it Sauron? I don't know if I think it is. I don't think it is, but I think it's, I think it's a part of this first season. I think this first season, he, he may be like the, there may be, he may be the villain for season one. You know, Sauron may not be the villain. I was actually thinking that Sauron might not be introduced until the end. Yeah. Of season one. Um, in fact, it would make sense if there was like a villain, a smaller villain in Mordor trying to do something and Sauron kind of like comes in at the end and fills the vacuum or, or whatever, says I'm I'm the real <laughs> I'm the real Sauron. You thought this was the real bad guy. Yeah, you thought you were the Morgoth successor, but I am. Um so yeah, so that was that was really interesting. Uh and then did you have someone else you're gonna talk about? So I realized while we were talking about this weird there's really kind of two two things we got to hit on or we should hit we on. You need to hit on the stranger, right? The stranger and as well as the, the, the halflings or whatever they're called. Halflings. Right. Strangers, halflings, and the Numenorians. And the Numenorians. Right. I forgot yeah. about the Num- Numenorians. Let's do stranger first. Save the best for last. Yes. Uh, Plus, there's not much to go over with the Numenorians. Right. This well, and there's not, there's really not much to go off with the stranger. There's really not. We I mean, have no nothing about him. <laughs> I mean, he's been in all three episodes. He is a stranger. All we know is he fell from the sky mm-hmm. uh, in, in a fireball. Yes. He doesn't know how to speak. Nope. And he can do magical stuff with his voice. Like his voice seems very important. Make things go dim. And, um, he, uh, some fireflies died. That's no, that's no bueno. When he was like using them to highlight like a constellation. Mm -hmm. Um, then they died after. He is, uh, not an elf. Nope. And, 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 and the uh, hobbits have said this too. There's like the hobbits, the troublemaker hobbits that are keep Nori, not li- Nori and, uh, the French heaps dragging along. Um, proud fellow. I don't remember her first name. Poppy. She calls her Poppy. I think Maybe it's Poppy. Um, Poppy proud fellow. Do you know, do you notice Nori's last name? Uh, da, 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 da. Brandy foot, not Brandy buck, but Brandy foot. I thought Brandy foot was another, another name in. Mm, I don't know, but there's Brandy Bucks. Uh, is Mary? Ah. Mary is Mary's a Brandy Buck. Whoops, never mind. But it's similar. Cut, cut that out. Don't <laughs> <laughs> um, look stupid. But uh, they they comment that he's not an elf. He's not a man. He's something else. So they so they're kind of hinting to us that I think it's it's one of the wizards. I do too. I don't. I thought it was Gandalf. I'm not sure. I'm still not sure if it's Gandalf though. I want it to be. Yeah. Um. Not for like fan service or anything like that. Well, no, actually, strictly for fan service. <laughs> I just wanted the Gandalf. Yeah. Um. It'd be cool to see like a proto Gandalf. I also think it would be just cool because I think he's we heard because he's with hobbits. Yeah. You know, he's got such a friendship with hobbits in the the Lord of the Rings movies. I don't know. Right. It just seems like it'd be interesting. Or it'd be fun. You I. Know? Some people have said it could be Saruman. I don't think it's Saruman because it would make sense for Saruman to have this relate now he's like has a relationship with hobbits and saruman was the one that like didn't give the, the halflings a second thought 
to be, Lord of the Rings. To be fair, though, he's well, yeah, but he's also being shunned by half of them or all of them, except for really. That's Lord true. Him. That's true. So maybe it's like it's um, why he hates them. <laughs> and it would be interesting. We don't know what his full story is going to be. It, so. it would also be interesting too to have this one be kind of like I'm assuming he's going to be kind of good in this. And wasn't Saruman good in the Second Age? Yeah, that's one thing I've heard. People, some people want it to be Saruman because they're like, it'd be cool to see Saruman when he's good. And then it, it's in stark contrast to the movies too, right? Or the, the third age where you he's never bad. see him when he's good in um, the movies. I want. I still want it to be Gandalf. I hope it's not Radagast, like some people have said. I don't think it's Radagast, just because it would make wouldn't make sense for Radagast to come first, like be the first one. I agree. Um, I think it's Gand. I'm saying either Gandalf or or uh, Saruman. I th- I'm leaning more towards Gandalf. So there's two blue wizards too that we never see in Lord of the Rings, and it, there's theory that it might be one of the blue wizards. Are they important? Are they cool? Well, they weren't blue. in the story. They weren't in the story. They went uh, into the east, and they never returned. Oh, good for them. And so I think like Saruman somehow convinced them to go to the east or something. And no. so some people think that maybe he killed them. Huh. Um, some people think that they just abandoned their duties. Their duties. Um, but I feel like that would just, I, so. I feel like they could, but I feel like that would just be, I don't feel like they would do that. I don't yeah. know. Because no one knows, at least people know about Radagast. No one knows right. anything about the blue, unless you know the lore. And I mean, they could just want to make, they could just, uh, a good wizard character that we just haven't seen before. Just and, make their own yeah, mark. Yeah, they could very the well wizards. just make their own, and you know what? You know. I'd actually be okay with that. Yeah. I'd be perfectly okay with this not being someone that's. I mean, I like the character so far. And it's not just because I think it's Gandalf. It's, you know, I just think he's just kind of funny. He's interesting. Very interesting. You know, he's trying to figure something out. I don't know what. I wouldn't mind at all if he was just someone, someone new that they're, like you said, they're kind of making their own wizard Um, or a blue and just making their mark on what a blue might be. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm just leaning more towards Gandalf. I know some people said it might be uh, Sauron. I don't think it's Sauron. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I thought in the promos, before we saw the show, I thought maybe it was mm-hmm. because of the they made the eye they made they made where he landed look like an eye, mm-hmm. and I think that was just a misdirect. Yes, but there is another thing though too. Someone said, and I don't know if they intentionally did this or if it was unintentional, but remember in the uh, in the at the very beginning of the show, whenever Galadriel and them are in that in that old castle, mm-hmm. and they she says that the flame the place is so evil. That the flames of their torches don't give off any heat, and then yeah, the heat of the fire of 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 this uh, person, wizard, whatever, doesn't burn Nori. She falls right in it, and it doesn't bother her at all. So that's the only one thing I've heard that like kind of, and then the like the fireflies die. So there's some like, I think it's all misdirection though. I think you're right. I, I don't think, it think it's. Too. I just don't think it's Sauron. I think it is too. I think you're right because I mean, like, if it was a wizard, it could also be fire that doesn't harm you. Yes, you know, for the same reason because they're the same type of creature. They are really they in are. reality. Um, I do know that. Other than that, there's not too much to say about the the halffoots. They're your pre Hobbit hobbits. I mean, they're very different than hobbits, mm-hmm. and I like. I think that's probably the right way to go. Uh, because there shouldn't be, we shouldn't be seeing hobbits like we see in Lord of the Rings at this point. Yeah. So it, it makes sense to show them as this nomadic. They're fun people. I think they're fun. I like I, their I their them. their costume design. Yeah, I think they look. They're they're the way they I, look. And I'll I'll just say that I was very skeptical of them mm-hmm. when I saw the previews and the trailers and the pictures. I was like, this looks so weird. 
And I thought too, I was just going to be annoyed that they're doing little hobbits in the story. But so far, they're keeping them out of the main mm-hmm. plot, which is where they, they shouldn't be in the main plot. And um, they're just a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, the acting is really good with all the characters and stuff. And so I'm enjoying them. Me too. Um, we'll see what happens yeah, with them. We'll see. Yeah. Definitely, definitely be interesting. And the stranger. See. I'm just super, super curious about the stranger. We'll see yeah. what happens with them. Um, but then this leads us to <laughs> the Numenorians. Oh, yeah. Real quick, can I just say how yeah. absolutely gorgeous the island yeah. of Numenor looks? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, it panned out. Even Stephanie was like, what is this place? <laughs> this looks, I've never seen anything like this in Leather Ring. She's like, this looks awesome. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and they you nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. It looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, it, it, when you see Minas Tirith in, in Lord of the Rings and you see that city and that is only, you know, that is like after so many years mm-hmm. that their, 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 uh, a, ability to make things and craft things has diminished so much. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that you should find something that is just so much more um extravagant and beautiful. And I mean that's 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 um you know they even though they've they've compressed some things with the story, everything I heard them talk about with the timeline of Numenor in the show, like everything that they talked about made it sound like they didn't compress anything. Mm-hmm. That this has probably, you know, been a thousand years or more of development mm-hmm. on this island. So, you know, it makes sense that it's, it's so built up and just awesome, you know, but in the music, I just love the, the, the theme. It's got this kind of Eastern, like a middle Eastern, the middle Eastern sound of like the kind of music you hear, like you'd be singing to a snake to get it to come out of the pouch. I don't know. It's really cool. It's really, it's just so, it just it gives you feel this feeling that you're in this different place, you know? Um, and Elendil, you see him like just right away. Um, he gets, uh, Galadriel finds out where she is. They've been out in this boat with this character, Halbrand. We, very mysterious character. Nothing has bad. some connection with the Southlands. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Maybe he saw wrong. Maybe there's some theories. He is pretty fair we, looking. We'll, we maybe can talk about. Um, but <laughs> so, but but they when she they go up and talk to Elendil, I just immediately was like won over. I mean, just the few lines he had, uh, the way he carried himself, the way he spoke, the way he looked, I was like, that's Elendil. That is Elendil. Um, Elendil is just as such. He's you know he ends up being the first king of Gondor. That's awesome. Um, you know, he's the one that, uh, I don't, that's not really spoilers because if you've seen the prologue of. When does that happen? Cause huh? like how, how long do Numenorians live? I know they live longer than humans. They can't. So the first Numenorian, Elrond's brother. Um, well, yeah. Uh, that was an awesome nod too. They, they did in the show. I was hoping they would. Um, he lived for like over 400 years after he became a Numenorian, like after he gave up his elvish lineage. So mm-hmm. he was the, probably the oldest. Everyone else, it's like 150, 200 years. So Elendil you know. is the first king of Gondor. So he goes to Middle Earth and makes Gondor. 
have to see within this time. We'll have to see, know, we'll have to see how that all how, how that all occurs. Huh. But um, you know, he he's remember in the prologue of Lord of the Rings, right? Yes. Elendil and Isildur, they're fighting in this War of the Last Alliance of Elves and Men. And Isildur. Elendil gets cracked against the, the rock, and then Isildur gets his sword. So that's where this is. That's where the show is going to lead up to. Oh, man. Basically. That's great. So we're going to move. We'll probably end yeah. this show with going into the, sec- the Third Age. Yeah. Or does that War of Battle happen in the Second Age? That's the end of the Second Age. So that battle is the end of the Second Age. When they defeat Sauron. The so this, will, this show could very well lead up to that. Absolutely! Wow, I think it. I think it should. It probably will. I think it would be too. It would be too big of a buildup. That's crazy. To not show that. Wow, that's crazy. That should be the end of the. Sh- that should be the last episode. So we might period. get. Yeah, we might get to see like a see a whole season of that war. Yeah. Wow. There's gonna be a lot of ups and downs. To that this show. makes me super hype. Oh, I'm even more hyped for the show now. Yeah. That's awesome. There's, I didn't realize because I, I have a really hard time with the timeline of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I don't know the war, but wow, I didn't realize that. That's crazy. Well, that's what's that's what one thing that's really cool about this show is it's it's bridging that bridging. understanding. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to us. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> it, but it, it's it's bridging the understanding of like before you re- you read Lord of the Rings, you watch the movies, and you're like, oh yeah, he wrote all this history about the world, right? Well, now we're actually seeing how that history connects the story, hmm. you know, to from from the second age to the third age, and if they ever do Silmarillion, will be the in, in assuming this show uh, it continues to be good and successful, mm-hmm. it will become in the consciousness of people to the point that when they make a Silmarillion show, people will be like, "Oh, that's you know, that's Galadriel's mom, you know, or that's uh, there's there's Elrond and Elros's dad, Arendil." You this know? is exciting. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, needless to say, I thought Numenor was amazing. I thought Elendil was just perfect. Um, the, the way they portray the relations between like elves and, and, uh, the men and even the, the men and the, how they view other men, like lower men as they call them, which is a reference to, they know he's from the Southlands mm-hmm. and his ancestors Kind of do, were serving Morgoth, so that's where the low man comes from. It's not because the Numenorians served or were with the elves, and yeah, exactly. the Southland served or right. those people served. It's, so it's not Morgoth. like it's not like you're a low man because like we like you're like less human, even though they may actually view it that way. But in reality, there is a difference because mm-hmm. the lineage of those people, even if it that one guy in episode one says. That was a thousand years ago or whatever. Their heritage, the way they've been raised, they, they don't have the same heritage. The ways that their mm-hmm. parents taught them are not the same ways that the parents of the Numenorians taught yeah. them. You know, which is a lot closer to elvish, um, you know, beliefs and things like that, you know, serving the true creator. So, um, but they've moved away from that. Yes. They're falling away from that. Mm-hmm. And, a Lendil, so I'm really interested with the Lendil storyline, right? Because they've set him up as he's trying to kind of like he's from the west coast of his country where it's there are more still yeah. trying to be faithful to the elves, yes, and trying to be faithful to their heritage. But he's moved his family to the capital and he has is trying to 
kind of leave that behind, it seems like, to protect them and trying to get them integrated into things and, and just stop worrying about that. But then there's these hints that um, he may not be able to get away from that as easily, right? Because uh, his son is thinking about deferring from Isildur, is thinking about defer, deferring from like becoming a sea captain. And there's like, he talks about his older son, Anarion, uh, that we don't get to see. Presumably, I think he's in the West. That he's basically said, I'm not, I, that he may be like thinking about either rebellion or something. Like he, he, he's basically not like, I'm just going to be quiet and just go along with the flow. No, this isn't right. Mm. Whereas Elendil is do, trying to do that to keep his family safe. Um, well, so, anyway. I wonder what will happen because obviously they go to Middle Earth. Right. You know, and obviously you assume they're going to end up going with Gladriel because she's got to get back to Middle Earth, right? So I'm yeah, just- I, yeah. It, I mean, ultimately, there's a you know big lore reason why they they go in the end, but this season they they're I think they'll probably leave Middle leave Numenor. Um, I wonder if they will this season. Like, I wonder if they'll yeah, they'll, they'll stay keep most of the, the show in Numenor and dealing with all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, Gladriel seems to think she's about to have an army or something. That's true. That wasn't. Yeah, she that talked was to Halbrand, and she's like, "That's all about to change." Um, really? Oh, oh man! So, so much to look forward to. Yeah, but uh, I also just real quick. I mean, text sent you text. I loved seeing Is- Isildur. Yeah, and just being like, "Oh, I know that character. Yes. I know him." Yeah. <laughs> you and my wife was like, "Isildur isn't he the bad guy that didn't throw the ring in the lava?" Right. And I was just like, "Okay, well, you know, he's not bad. He's just was corrupted." Well, that's what I, yeah, that's what I'm exciting about because that that you know you just get such a little of his character in the prologue and all and, and and instead it's it's mainly negative and so it just seems like oh he was just this really easily corruptible guy and seems he's pretty cool dude. so I'm excited to see them do more of a more nuanced kind of you know leading up to that you know so uh, but yeah a lot to look forward to. Um, did you have anything else? No, I mean, just, yeah, super looking forward to it, especially knowing that there's going to be more than one season, just, and that, like, what it could lead to. Yeah. It just makes me more and more hyped for the show. Um, loving it so far. You'll hear our thoughts continuing on. I know you have something else you got to say. Yeah. So. Oh, I had just had one. So, I thought, just talk about Halbrand and his possible ties to Sauron. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being Sauron. Yeah. So he, so something that happens in episode three, he is like strangely into smithing. Smithing. He's like, I want to be, I want to smith. And he's like, I can do any, I can smith anything. And I'm like, hmm, okay. And then he is very uh, good at sweet talking people Very too. Good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's about, they're about to come beat him up. And he sweet talks, sweet talks him and steals the, the slick, uh, by sigil the thing. Super slick. But then he notices it. But then when they come back and they start beating him up, he kind of goes nuts. nuts. And he like breaking wrists and all that. That was like a gruesome. I wasn't expecting, I actually break. wasn't expecting that. <laughs> My life was, like, was not ready for that. Um, yeah, Steph, I, Steph just, I hear a lot. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but so like that, like flash of, of just ferocity, you know, was, was something to pay attention to. He talks about, uh, so basically like either 
this is Sauron. And, and it, there's a couple things that could be happening. It could be Sauron and he's just completely 100% trying to pull the wall, wool over everyone's eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just completely got his own designs. Here's another option. There was a, whenever, Sa- whenever Morgoth was defeated, Sauron appeared before the herald of Manwe. Manwe is like the king of the Valar, the gods mm-hmm. or whatever. And they, he appeared before the herald in Middle Earth and he repented. He appeared to repent, and some people believe it was it like even says in the Silmarillion, some people believed it was genuine and some people didn't. Mm-hmm. But the Herald of Manway said, Okay, go to the West, go to the Valinor, and get judged. He like, if you are truly repentant, go take your judgment. Sauron didn't do that. He hid away in Middle Earth and then eventually showed up and started giving gifts out to people. So ah. the question is some people have thought, is this a Sauron who is some, in some weird way trying to be repentant and he can't get away from who he is? We're in that bit of... Yeah. Where I, he genuinely did repent, but his nature is kind of coming back. Right. It's like, is that what's happening? It's I don't possible. Know. Here's another thing, though. I think more likely, I think he's going to be one of the Ringwraiths. And I think that he's kind of like a, he seems like a kind of an Aragorn. They're setting him up almost like an Aragorn. He's this reluctant, he's got this her- maybe heritage of nobility, mm-hmm. somewhat nobility for the Southlands. He's kind of running from. He's running from it. She's trying to help him to um, redeem his bloodline. And so I think that, that it's going to end up with him going, them going back to the Southlands and him maybe rallying his people. But the thing is, Sauron. He, whenever he gets the rings of power uh, after the, after he drops the facade and he starts giving them out to dwarves and men and, uh, and they're kings of men. There, some are kings, some are sorcerers, mm-hmm. some are great warriors. And I could just see him being a character that maybe initially, maybe, maybe even by the end of season one, maybe he seems like he's going in a redemptive Defending. direction. And then uh, Sauron could make his way back on the scene and he could kind of fall back off again. That would be interesting. And be almost like a reverse Aragorn where the king returns and and leads his people into servitude to Sauron. That would be very interesting. So I'm excited to see. I'm just excited about to see what they're going to do with every single character in the show. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. Good three episodes so far. We'll, when we come back, we should be doing four and five. And yep. we'll be from here on out. We should should be doing it by twos now, and this will be for the next couple episodes. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that. I know we are. Um, give it a watch. Yeah, check it out. It is a good show. Not perfect, but definitely not. Um, judge it for yourself. Yeah, judge it for yourself. Don't don't just listen to what the reviews or what or what people on YouTube are saying, or, or even us, or even us. Yeah, just give it a watch. You know, who knows? Maybe you'll, you didn't have high hopes and you end up loving it. And who knows? Maybe you don't end up liking it, which is perfectly fine. I think that's fair. Just don't talk to me about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you don't like it, send us why. Yeah, yeah. If you if you have some thoughts or if you think we're just completely wrong, let us know why. Let us know. Maybe we'll talk about it. You know, we'll read it and we'll in the most snarky voice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right well this has been the bridge of two podcast a far 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 away bridge bridge. we're just so smooth on that these days deuces friends come so far (laughs) 